1: Hey, everybody, welcome back into Back to You. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to You Show and X at Back to You Show, the number two in there. Uh, Good to see you guys. It's been um, really fun, these episodes we've had. We've got a great couple coming up, including our dear friend, Charles Barkley, joining us here on this one. I am so excited for the listeners to hear this because my cheeks are still hurting from our conversation with him. I mean, it is unbelievable. Never-ending laughs with Charles Barkley.
2: You know, the the great thing about a guy like Charles Barkley is that he's just so unique and that his energy for every show that he's on, every everywhere he goes, he represents somebody or some league. I mean, how many times has he been, you know, in the Stanley Cup final representing the NHL? He works for TNT and there he is. He might be on ESPN. He might be on TNT. He might be on another show in Canada um, and gives it everything he's got. So I think every time when you have a chance to be around, or for our listeners to watch and listen. Uh, you really appreciate these moments because he is truly one of a kind. And I know Niner, you've been very fortunate to be a friend of his for a, a long period of time uh, on a level that many of us haven't been on. So uh, great great to, to have him on the show.
0: Yeah, he, he's really become a very close dear friend. Uh, we've known each other for probably 15, 18 years now. Um, And like you said, we've, you know, when you have a chance to go to dinners with them, golf with them, go to sporting events, things like that, you get to see the actual human side of Charles and get to know him personally. He's such a sincere, like just salt of the earth guy. And uh, that's what makes him special.
1: Yeah. And I love what he says at the end of the conversation about all of us. So definitely stick around for the end. But without further ado, we've got to get right to it here with Sir Charles Barkley. There he is, the hardest working man in television on every TV station, channel, <laughs> podcast, you name it, Mr. Charles Barkley. Charles, how's it going, buddy?
3: First of all, working all the time is very overrated. I mean, <laughs> wow. damn. I mean, it really, working all the time just flat out sucks, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to get through Christmas, cat. That's well, all I'm doing.
1: Stop being so damn good at it and they'll make, you know, uh. they'll stop asking you to be on all these new shows.
3: Well, you know, I'm only doing that thing because of Gail. She's one of my favorite people. Uh, She's awesome. But, you know, hey, listen, the most important thing is, you know, basketball is my bread and butter. The new show is fun. It's exciting. But, you know, basketball, it's it's, – that's my – you know, just like Panker, man. And Craig, the same way. Once you play a sport, it's just – it's just part of your fabric for the rest of your life. Like, I never get tired of watching basketball. I know Panger and Craig never no. gets tired of watching hockey. I mean, he probably seen Craig's statue up. Uh, <laughs> Craig's, Here we go. Has, has Panger seen your statue? That's why oh, I wore I, the Fredonia hockey the sweatshirt for sure. just for you today. <laughs> hey, hey, Panger, he was an All-American. Two-time. All, all Two-time. Get all it straight. American.
2: Two time All American. Is that why, Chuck, you said on Canadian national TV that he was your, your top three favorite hockey players of all time? Well, because when you
3: knew who the hell he was? Hey, I'm 100% correct because, you know, when, when I'm playing golf with him, if you close your eyes, you'll think you're playing with Gresky because he's keep bragging about <laughs> all the, his accomplishments. <laughs> I'm like, am I playing with Wayne? Am I playing with Mario Lemieux? If you close your eyes, you're like, yeah, I got a statue. I was a two-time All-American. I'm like, damn, Greg, that's impressive.
0: Hey, I didn't have to donate five million to my school to get my statue.
3: <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, hey you know what? I, I would, I would kill if it was only five million. Trust me, brother, I would kill. <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you something. The word, the three worst things in my life I've ever heard is nil. I'm like, oh. Man, I'm going to go broke with NIL. You would think you would think, all this money I'm giving Auburn, we wouldn't let somebody score a touchdown on 4th and 31. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, How closely were you watching those uh, championship games this weekend for college football?
3: You know, Kat, I was really disappointed watching the games um, because I, I don't think it's fair what happened to Florida State. I agree. Uh, the reason I don't think it's fair, you know, these doofuses get on television and say, well, we can't look at Florida state the same way. They lost their starting quarterback. I, and I'm like, why would I should look at it totally the opposite way? They've won three games with backup quarterbacking. that to me is more impressive than winning with your starting quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they're down to the third string quarterback and Panger And Craig noticed firsthand, man, you know, when you lose starters, it's a shock to your system, to your team. But to be able to go out there and continue winning and win a championship with second string and third string players, those kids should have been rewarded instead of saying, well, y'all lost y'all best player. I'm like, yeah, that's true. That's fair. But the backups and the defense really stepped up and they won three games with backups. Mm-hmm. And one was a tough game at Florida uh, on the road, which, you know, Florida's a tough place to always play down to swamp, but also they won the championship. And uh, I, I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed because, you know, when you win on the field, that's all should matter. It shouldn't matter about, and, you know, one of my, the stat I hate the most uh, in all the sports is strength of schedule. <laughs> And my friends say, "Why do you hate that stat so much?" I said, "Why is it my fault your team sucks?" I mean, why is it my fault? Seriously,
1: yeah.
3: I do. Everybody, everybody says, "Well, they." I said, "Well, they played the teams, especially when you're conference team. If your conference isn't good, that's and they played LSU, which is an SEC school. But everybody said, "Well, the ACC was down." That's not Florida State's fault. They play those schedules are made out years and years in advance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I just want to know, I mean, I, call me old school, but I said this on a radio show this morning. I'm like, I, I don't – what are we teaching young student athletes? They are not professionals. Take NIL out of it. They are not paid professional athletes. What are we teaching them about the values of life? That, hey, you're the next – here we go, next man up. You got to perform. And they did that. They proved everything they possibly could, Florida State. But, you know, there's a there's a yep. lesson to be learned with adversity in life. There's a lesson to be learned with through all of this, and we just – eliminate that and tell them they're not allowed to play in the college football championship games. It's, it, it blows my mind where we're headed, where we're going. And I, I just, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. frustrating. It's really frustrating. These are student athletes learning to face adversity while well, they lost their best player who I thought came out with the best statement of all and just said, I wish yes. I put my leg earlier because you would have seen how great this team is. I mean, imagine that, what this kid, that did. is a great yeah. statement. Well, yeah.
3: well you, so, you know, Kat, Kat, you're preaching to the choir because I have said this publicly, not just on you with you guys now. What kind of society are we becoming we, we screwed up college athletics? <laughs> uh like the, the probably the greatest thing going today, we screwed it up. We got in <laughs> hey, we got UCLA and USC gonna be in the Big Ten. I'm pretty sure the Big Ten is really like the Midwest, Ohio State, Michigan. I don't know how those kids from California are gonna adjust to that. You know, we oh, got not gonna be good. Oh, we got Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC next year, and you know now we're paying college kids a million dollars uh, to transfer from one school to another. We're teaching kids like, hey, don't 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 try to get better as a player. If things don't go your way after one year, transfer. And I'm like, what kind of society? It, you know, I give you an example. My daughter, the greatest thing ever happened to me. She went to University of Arizona her first year. And I said, you sure you want to go there? She said, yeah, Dad. All all my friends are going. I said, well, that's a damn good reason not to go. All your friends are going. She called me after a month and says, Dad, I hate it here. Can I transfer? I said, nope, you can't. I says, I don't want to teach you that quitting is okay. Mm -hmm. Now, I says, you can transfer after one year. But you're not gonna transfer right now. I don't ever want you to think quitting is all right. And just that's the way awesome. the way these kids are, just like, hey, I've been here one year. I'm not getting to play. I'm gone to the next school. We got some kids who want to transfer like two or three times. And I said, and I'm like, as a parent, don't you want your kid to compete now? If he it, a, if he's not gonna play for a couple years, that's different. But missing one year and like, I know I'm gone. I just wonder to piggyback on your point, Cat. What are we teaching our kids in society today? And no, we're not
2: teaching them the right ways, for sure, Chuck. I mean, I mean, it, it goes. It still goes back to the same thing about, you know, when we were kids and the teacher gave us heck for something or we got in trouble for something, our parents didn't blame the teacher; they blamed us, and they said, "Pick it up a notch." If we were arguing with a police officer, they didn't pl- blame the police officer; they blamed us. You know, and, and now it's just backwards. And, if, and as another follow-up to what you're saying, let's just say that your daughter's going to be – let's say she's a great athlete and she turns pro. And she learned that in college that, oh, if it doesn't go well, I'm just going to go here, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there. Yeah. Man, do you ever run out of pro teams in a heartbeat? Your no. reputation just grabs you by the ass in no time flat and yep. you are out because everybody yep. knows what kind of character you are. You're, you're a quitter and you throw everybody else under the bus. To try to advance yourself and it just doesn't work in pro sports
3: it doesn't work at all but the, the, the basis i always tell people the thing i love about sports man I don't care it don't care how rich you are don't care how tall you are how small you are you got to get out there and get it done you know uh when i first you know everybody said man this dude too short to play major college basketball and my mom says, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to go to school, but I don't know if I can compete because everybody's telling me I'm too small to play. I should go to a smaller school. She says, well, that's out the window. You're going to a four year school. So just to, that's the worst case scenario, you're going to get a free education. And I said, OK. And then, I, then, then obviously, uh, when I got there, I was like, oh, I'm just as good as everybody else. I just got to work harder, work harder, work harder. But man, I just hate where we're going with college athletics because the way it's going now, especially with all the money and everything, I think in the next three years, we're going to have about 10 to 15 schools. And I don't blame the kids because, listen, <laughs> listen yeah. if, if they had to offer me millions of dollars, I'd have been going to certain schools too. Right. I mean, I, I said, and I, and I said, and like I said, I don't blame the kids. I said, yo, wait, you're going to give me how much money to, to leave my school after one year? And go here, and uh, it's going to become a bidding war. And uh, I'm just concerned where the sport's going. I'm just thinking to Chuck's last comment that he was too small to play basketball. Yeah, I was. Not, I was yeah. going to ask, how, how big were you coming out of high school that you were too small? I'm still the same six five, but they they didn't six think five. I could. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I'm the same. They said like. You know, because I've always been a center. They're like, Mm -hmm. he can't play center in the SEC or at a big school. And I'm like, well, my mom made me come here because I need to get an education.
1: (laughs) You better play me.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. But then once I realized, like, no, man, we're all, the beauty of sports, we all go out there, we lace them up the same way, and the best players play. It took me a while to get it together uh, it took me about a about a month to get it get the sort of game to start slowing down. Same thing in the NBA. I didn't get to play a lot right away at the NBA because you know it's always a shock to your system when you play against better players. But after a while, everything starts slowing down, and then hey, let's just go play.
2: I'll, I'll stay with one. I'll stay with this before I, I get to KT and, and Niner for a second, Chuck, because the only time I mean being five foot four and a half at one hundred thirty five pounds. Uh, doesn't cut it in today's NHL and there'll never be another goaltender my size I, I would guarantee you that but the only time I ever felt small they started taking so many pictures once you get to the NHL and I started looking at these pictures that people were sending me because you know you you get on the bus they want you to sign these pictures yeah. and I'm looking at these pictures and I'm like Jesus there's a lot of net there like I never <laughs> felt small as a goalie or I, was, I always try mm. to prove people wrong all the time I always had an edge you know like I'm just trying to prove everybody I can make it I can make it but man, did I see some pictures. I was beside Tim Kerr of the Philadelphia Flyers one time. Oh, yeah. And what, remember Tim Kerr? He's what? Like oh, yeah. What, he's about <laughs> six foot five with great hands. And I'm like, I'm, I'm literally between his legs trying to find the puck. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> that was a yeah. shock to my system.
3: <laughs> but, that's, but that's the beauty of, of your story, though. That's the beauty of your story. Like, well, he's too little. Like, well, let's put him out there and let's see if he's too little. And you are successful. That—that's the—that's the thing I was talking about earlier. That I love about sports. They're like, 'Cause there's like, well, this quarterback is—he's too small. Uh, you know, they have to be a certain type. I'm like, well, Drew Brees is short. Russell Wilson is short. They're two of the best quarterbacks ever. Uh, you know now we in you know the, the jury's still out in, in, in Arizona on Kyle Murray, you know Same thing with Baker Mayfield. They're like, well, these guys are too short I'm like dude let them play Drew Brees going to the Hall of Fame Russell Wilson probably going to the Hall of Fame But but you know we have these uh, Well, this is the kind of quarterback. I'm looking for I'm like, well Yeah, we all looking for that but, <laughs> the, but the beauty of sports is you lace them up with it's skates whether it's sneakers or anything and you just like, hey, if I'm not good enough, they will tell me to go home. hmm Point. Yep.
1: Amen. Hey, uh, I gotta ask how your golf game's going right now because I heard you shot. Oh man.
0: Oh, Did you excuse see
1: me. nine recently.
3: I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing great right now, Cat. Uh All right. You like know, that. so so you know, this weekend was one of the more fun weekends of my life. We had the member member at Whisper Rock. Uh, me and Dan Marley. We won it last year. And uh, we played good this year. It's a two-day event. There's 285 players, I think. And uh, I think we came in, like, fifth place this year. But we could not make a putt. Um, we could not make a putt. But, man, I'm a, it's, it's an honor to be a member at, at Whisper Rock. We got whew, a gazillion two pros there. Wow. Uh, but it's a really good group of people. I asked like, uh, Mr. Trius has a really – really strict rule. If you're not a nice guy, <laughs> like if you're not, if he, if he catch you doing being rude or nasty to anybody and say, yo, there's going to be a check in your locker after the round and your ass is gone. I and love I, I, I love that. He says, Hey, just be a nice guy. We're all out here to play golf. We're all out here to have fun. And I said, and it they would tell him it's like, yeah, When if he finds somebody who's not being nice or being rude to other players or the 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 whole staff, that's going to be a check in your locker when you're like, "Hey, thank you for being here, and don't come back." So I made it through. those cats. I made it through the weekend without getting a check in the locker, so I'm good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chuck, how about those caddies at Whisper Rock? I just love their their preparation. You guys couldn't make any putts. Was it the was it, was it your eyes? Was it your alignment? Or was it the greens rolling unbelievably fast? What were they, 13s on the stem
3: They were at least 13, 13 on the lower wow. course. They were at least. So, and you couldn't be aggressive. Mm. You had to, you're like, even when you're putting for birdie, you couldn't be aggressive because mm-hmm. once they started rolling out, you got about six, eight feet coming back. Ooh. And then uh, they were a little slower on the upper, but from go from real fast to kind of slow. We just couldn't get it down. But you know what? The weather was perfect. It was about 70 degrees Friday and Saturday. And, you know, you play 8 sums, So you play with a bunch of really good dudes and everybody's trying, but everybody's having fun. And there's probably some alcohol in the mix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, for, and for me, there was definitely some cigars in the mix. Nice. And and, and these guys, they thought I was rude. and Like, I always have a bag full of cigars. And they're like, it took them like six or seven holes. Like, can we have a cigar? I'm like, hell, yeah, you can have a cigar. They're like, we thought those were yours. I said, dude, I'm not a jackass. I don't bring (laughs) a bunch of cigars to the golf course just to myself. No, this is for everybody in the group. So we end up smoking great cigars all day. Nice. And um, hitting, hitting a little ball, it was a great two days.
2: You are very generous. I played at that, what was that called, Piedmont? Uh, Piedmont Driving Club outside yeah. of Atlanta during the TNT meetings. We that was awesome, wasn't it? Day. We did, wasn't yeah. we? And I you know, I it, straight it, into that bag of cigars. That was, they, mean, right they, off the hop, I didn't wait for five holes.
3: Hey, listen, Therefore, therefore, the entire group you're with. I always bring a bunch. And I say, hey, man, just smoke up. <laughs> They're all going to be good cigars. I don't smoke cheap cigars. And you know what, man, but golf to me, you know, people say, why you love golf and fishing so much? I said, it's the only two things you can do and get peace and quiet. You know, it's not a bunch of people around most of the time. You're playing with guys you like or you're fishing with people you like and you're just having fun. Uh, and that's why I love playing golf and and fishing. It's just like being with your friends, no drama. I just love it. Who uh, who gets the most out of each other? You were niner
2: on a on a let's say it's oh. a two hundred dollar closeout. Who who gets the cabbage right
3: there, Chuck? Well, so when he was a nice guy, <laughs> many many years ago, he gave me some shots.
0: Five <laughs> aside.
3: Yes, he did. But now. We're pretty close to being even, so I don't get shots anymore. So, but we need, uh, so we have a good battle. I've, I've gotten better. He got that little slappy ass hockey cut. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, it's straight now. It's straight now. He got he he used that little slappy cut off the T box. It drives me crazy. This dude a <laughs> hey, hey hey panger. he mister missed a, uh he mr. Fairway since the Clinton administration. I mean, he hits that little slappy hockey cut out there. It goes about two seventy-five, two eighty, a nice little butter cut as I call it. It drives me crazy. This dude never misses a fairway. The good thing about it, though, he puts like Stevie Wonder. I, <laughs> I just, just got to get him to the greens. I just got to get. I'm I, mean, hey, I don't care how close. I don't care how close the damn putt is. He gonna put it because I know he gonna. He <laughs> like, no, 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 that's not good. Because he gonna three jacket. He gonna three jacket. I know he is. Tell him about the bet Who's we made. Better
2: Tell them about or, the bet we or made KT Thanksgiving. KT Niner, who's a better putter?
0: Oh, KT for sure.
1: My putting was a, good, a good this bro. year. Charles, I went from a 22 to a 14. So I'm going to bring it next year in Tahoe, just to let you know.
3: Ooh. You know. I, I you know, worked
1: hard this summer. I haven't played since August, but I've worked hard, so.
3: Hey, you know what? You you I tell people, you know. You're like one of the guys. I mean, better looking, but like one That's of the guys. I know
1: that. And, but
3: And I don't mean it. And I, listen, I know women are going to get all bent out of shape, but I don't care. Like, you are so cool to hang out with. And a lot of times, guys do not want to see women on the golf course because they always got some type of BS or drama going on. I said, yo man, that lady is so cool and you got the greatest mom. Oh, your mom your mom sends me, first of all, she I had I haven't even broke the news to her that when I was in college I had somebody doing my homework for me so I don't read a lot. But I love the fact that your mom sends me books to read all the time.
1: Have you read any of them?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I pass it on to my friends who know how who read a lot.
1: When you sound like you, you're well-read. See? Yeah, I I
3: do. I says, hey, mom. I wish I had the heart to tell my mom, Chuck don't read a lot. (laughs) Uh, So hey, uh, so but my friends tell me she sends great books. And Good. let's, yeah. So I got friends who love to read your mom, man. She reads a lot. She's unbelievable.
1: I a day, I know it's unreal. Uh, I, I admire that about her, but she loves, she loves to read, but, and she's, you know, she's my inspiration on the course. She's an amazing golfer, comes with me to Tahoe all the time and um, just enjoys herself and caddies for me. And we get into, we get into our first, own house. <laughs> she,
3: she became my hero when she caddied for you. The morning I was after like,
1: we're
3: out at night that that morning. I said, I said, I said, is that cat mom catting for her? Like, wow. it's like that is very impressive. That lets you know she's a great mom. I'm like, yeah. cause cause Tahoe is not an easy walk. Right. Yeah.
1: Elevation. It's
3: it, the elevation and up and down those hills. Yep. Yeah. But for her to do that when she really uh, come out for vacation with your sister, I was like mom we all here to play golf drink karaoke we're not here to have work and she's out here working she's unbelievable
1: she is. thank you she'll be happy to hear that yeah it's a fun event that's a it's been a. I, I always say with that event in Tahoe it's just so great that the connections you make and I know you've played in it since the start but it's um it, it's like a big family out there and then throughout the course of the year you're running into these people and you're yeah. them on the football field when I'm covering games and I just, I love that event, how it's brought so many people, good people together. And you talk about this, and Jonathan Thomas does the same thing, good yeah. people and John Miller bringing him to that event.
3: Yeah, you know, it's the first thing I put on my schedule mm-hmm. every year. Uh, it, it's, the, it's, it's the most fun week of my entire summer. You know, Jonathan Thomas and John Miller, man, they do a fabulous job. And, you know, you meet you meet all these guys who you normally wouldn't meet Football players, yeah. hockey players, baseball players, uh, actors and actresses, and you're like, wow, and everybody's cool. Yeah. Now we've had we've had a couple jackasses there, <laughs> and they're gone. Yeah. You know, John Miller is like, I got a complaint about this guy or this guy, and we're like, get rid of him. You're the boss. He's like, right. oh, that's a good point. Because most of the people, no, I shouldn't say all of the people are, like, awesome. And it's a fun week. Everybody's having fun. The karaoke we do every night is amazing. You know, you get the guy, you know, we all are hacks uh, when it comes to doing karaoke. But when you get the guys from Rascal Flatts and they start singing and the crowd is always tremendous. Yeah. In uh, the, the, the city of Lake Tahoe, man, it, they roll out the red carpet and they're f- nice and friendly. So, man, that's the highlight uh, of my summer.
1: Me too. Yeah, me love- too.
0: <laughs> I book Eric Charles. I book Eric Charles. I bring my Southwest beer coupons. I hand it to him when I get on the plane.
3: And hey, I just you say, know, hey, thanks he, a lot he, for the ride. You know, you know, it's like most of my friends ask me, can they fly up with me? Uh, Nada just shows up. I mm-hmm. was uh, like, "They're like, Mr. Barkley, you got an extra passenger. Who is it?" I was like, "No, it's a- we. I, I told you everybody on the list. Now like, oh, Craig's here. <laughs> oh, his name Craig Conley. Put him down. Uh, uh, He's America's in the back. America's guest just shows up. Uh, that's what I do just- that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. I was like, "Yo, man, you could ask me. You don't have to just show up." But no now you know you my guy man. You you can hey listen, you are grandfathered in. You are you and Brennan are grandfathered wow. in. Y'all got to you y'all can fly in because let me tell you something panger. If you don't fly, if you don't have a private jet and fly into Lake Tahoe, it's a pain in the oh, ass. Because because yeah. you have to fly to Reno and drive a couple of hours and like that's no fun. You fly right into Tahoe you at the hotel in ten minutes. It's a, It's just. It's like night and day. Well,
2: oh, that's good news, Chuck. Because when I was in the mine, in junior hockey in Canada, and in the minors uh, from Saginaw to Halifax, to Indianapolis to the NHL, I actually didn't get a seat. They just put me up on, on the top um, <laughs> and I had a pillow up there, and so I just went where the luggage was, and then <laughs> it was no cost to anybody. And hey. the weight thing, distribution. You don't even have to worry about the fuel. The fuselage, because it's all balanced out. We're going to be fine, Chuck. I'll be hey, right there. Let I'm me tell you club, something. And my clubs are small. My clubs are little.
3: Hey, Look let me tell you thing. something. I'm so old that I actually flew commercial, like my first two or three years in the NBA. That's how old Same I am. Same here. Same you know, here the smoking area. You, know, you know, Oh my God. You know. Well, the, the 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 danger. The danger wasn't the smoke. It was some little old lady. Uh, When you get some little old lady, I would travel to a city and my shoulder would be killing me. And Al Domenico was our trainer. He'd be like, I said, yo, man, I need you to do something to my shoulder. He said, what's wrong with your shoulder? I said, man, I had this little old lady leaning on me the whole damn flight. And I didn't have the heart to wake her up. He's like, what? I said, yeah, because you know my uh-huh. cause I was I was in coach because only the veteran guys got to go in first class. So I had this little old lady laying on my shoulder a couple of times. And I didn't have the heart. First of all, I was tired as hell from the night before. But I had this little old lady, like three times, if I remember correctly, just laying on my shoulder the whole flight. My big old fat arm—I know it was comfortable, <laughs> but hey. But by the time I got to the city we were going to, I could—I said, Yo, man, I need something. Give me something to get my arm back to working. It was—we can joke about it now, but thank God for the Detroit Pistons, when they—they they were the first team to get their own plane, and uh, I think that was like my fifth year in the league and then after that everybody got their own plane but man my first couple years in the NBA the old ladies were killing Chuck in the back <laughs>
2: <laughs> times in detroit that's the Michigan boy probably Niner bought all those planes for all the owners in Michigan huh Niner no he ain't,
3: ain't a lot of, no, he ain't a lot of that he owned a piece of didn't he yeah. Oh, he had, yeah, he had the he had those... pizza, and he had Little Caesars. He, he yeah, so, so, nice. so, hey, uh, look, the little chubby man probably had a lot of Little C- Caesars pizzas to hit, make that man all that money. Hey, I was just
0: fortunate enough to be at your house for Thanksgiving, and I only had one portion. I saw you go to the kitchen a few times.
3: Because <laughs> well, I, I, I paid for it. I paid for it. You can, <laughs> when you pay when you pay for stuff, you can eat as much as you want to. I mean, shout he, out, he, shout he out to Shout out to Baby Cage for the two deep-fried turkeys. Um, there's a restaurant in Phoenix, a Cajun place called Baby Cage. I started ordering deep-fried turkeys from there like 20 years ago. And I get two big ones. I always have about 10, 15, 20 people over. And, man, that deep-fried turkey. Best and, turkey I ever had. It's, uh, you, you, and I can't eat it any other way. I almost punch you in your face and you almost grab one of my legs. You know, <laughs> You can have any part of the turkey fool except my legs, okay? <laughs> That's the only rule for guests at the house.
0: I like and that. the only reason the only reason I didn't good go rule. back for seconds, is cause we have a little bet going on about our weight and we gotta get ready to weigh in next July. So
3: What you you know what? You look good. A hey, hey, Panger, you got I, I got like four fat friends, myself included. So we're all bragging, because I've lost about 65 pounds. And we're all bragging. And we're we're in a a cigar bar in Lake Tahoe. And my bodyguard, James, two of my best friends, Bart and Matt and Craig, we're all lying about what we weigh right now. (laughs) My friend Brennan goes and gets a scale. And everybody in the cigar bar is having a great time smoking. We got five fools in the corner on a scale. (laughs) And we all, so now we're talking about what we want to weigh by what next year. It was one of the fun nights of my life. We're like, what do you weigh right now? And what are you going to be next year? Everybody in the bar, in the cigar bar is dying laughing. We got five fools on a scale. (laughs) Everybody, hey, everybody taking shoes, socks. Only Only thing on is pants and a small shirt. But everybody's trying to get as light as possible. It, it was one of the funniest nights of my life. Everybody in the bar is dying laughing. But you got a year, brother. You got was well, less than a year now. You got about five yeah. or six months. I can't. got about six months to go. I'm there. I'm,
0: I'm at my weight. I'm at my no. weight. So the bet is every pound that you're over is $100 that goes into the kitty to use for that weekend. Whoa. You know, we go oh, and have nice. wings. We it's have wings and friend. beers. Yeah. yeah. And we put that in the kitty and we have a good time.
3: I love the fact that fat guys who are trying to lose weight are going out for wings and beers. That just seems like a... That's,
0: <laughs> we're going to do that after, after the weigh-in. After the weigh-in.
2: <laughs> well, what are you going to do, go uh, have a salad or something? That doesn't make any sense. You're not going to have hey, a salad so, and, a, and a glass of Pinot Noir maybe for you there, Chuck. No, it, no. Exactly. You're going to have a couple of cold beers and some hot wings. Thanks for coming.
3: Oh, oh you know? yeah. Listen, because, listen, as I tell every fat person, one meal don't make or break your brother exactly <laughs> one meal does not make or break you
1: but Charles you mentioned all that I mean the weight loss everybody sees it you look great you've yeah, seen you. energized and everything how, how are you feeling with having lost all that weight how has it changed your life
3: you know so uh, I gained 105 pounds when I got my hips I played at 250 I peaked out about 355 and I was really a fat ass Cause you know you can't do anything when you get those hips, but the hips are the best thing that ever happened to me. Now, like I say, I'm back to being mobile and playing golf every day. But a doctor, uh, a friend of mine, uh, recommended me. Uh, he says, "Yo man, try. I want you to try this." I said, "How'd you lose all that weight?" He said, "Manjaro." He said, "I'm gonna hook you up with my doctor." Shout out to Dr. Pearson. She's awesome. You know, and I started Manjaro, uh, and right now. I'm about 285. I want to get to 270. The problem is, cat, I haven't been able to get Manjaro in like three months because there's such a shortage. Like every fat person in the world is every fat person in the world is on Monjaro, uh, Ozempic, and Wicovi. So uh, I'm ready. Uh, I'm gonna take the rest of this year off, at, and because uh, I've I've been working out pretty good, so I've been stuck at between 280 285 for like three months now. But I want to lose another... I want to get to 270, which is going to be my goal weight. Uh, but, man... Yep. But but you don't even realize... And listen, I hope people don't get mad when I say this. Uh, fat people don't know how shitty they feel until they start feeling better. Yeah. Like, when I lost, like, the first 20, I'm like, uh-oh, man. Then I lost 30. I'm like, uh-oh. Then I lost 40. Then I lost 50. Then I lost 60. I lost 65. But, like... It's like, the answer your question, it's like night and day. You don't even realize how crappy you feel yep. until you start losing weight. And like I said, I, had, I gained 105. I'm going to get to 270. But, man, it's been a game changer for me. It's been a game changer, plain and simple. Well, there's a there thing called a treadmill. To have. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. A- what what you say?
0: There's this thing called a treadmill. Since you can't get your shots, you can feel free to get on that.
3: Well, it's great. Uh, uh, I hang my clothes on the treadmill so they don't get wrinkled. <laughs> so <laughs> <decoration>. <laughs> That's right. The the, tra- the you know treadmill. What? That's what the treadmill is for, Craig. So you, make sure your pants and shirts don't get wrinkled.
2: That's Perfect. what my peloton's for, for sure. But you know what you <laughs> might need, Chuck? Is a a foundation for and to support overweight that are people that are losing and they can't afford to buy clothes. You know, like like you're fortunate. You you, you you're I think if I did my math correct, I mean you're you're in the 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, 50 pounds. That's a lot of clothes that you would have that you wouldn't maybe be able to afford. That would be a that'd be a good incentive right there.
3: Well, I've been giving my clothes away because when I was yo-yo dieting panger, I had like mm-hmm. two wardrobes, one regular wardrobe and one complete yeah. dark wardrobe. <laughs> so <laughs> I did, when I when I when I would go up and down, I had two wardrobes. See, I'm wearing bright colors today. Like, I, hey, I had a complete black wardrobe that I kept every time I would gain the weight back. But now I realize as I've gotten older, my doctor, she said to me, Chuck, ain't no fat old people. And I was like, what? She's like, you got to get that weight off you. Why? Like, did I just turned six? Well, I'm going to turn 61 in February. She says, there's no fat old people. You got to get that weight off of you but like I, that go back to what i said earlier you don't even realize how bad you feel until you start losing weight so i, I made them even though i haven't had my Manjaro in like three months i've been working out my weight has pretty much stayed the same and uh, i don't want to be fat again I because uh, like i say you want to be healthy you got to worry about diabetes you got to worry about you know things like that i said no i don't want that i want to be healthy I got two I got two grandkids now, which is the greatest thing ever happened to civilization. Shout out to little Henry and little Charlie. Oh um, nice. Yeah. It's the best thing ever, man. Henry is so awesome.
1: Yeah.
3: Now he's, yeah. A, he's a, a
1: little munchkins too. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, thank They're
3: you. Thank cool. you, Kat. He's a terror since he learned how to walk and run. He's a nightmare. And little Charlie <laughs> and, and little Charlie, she's still so cute. She just wanna be held and kissed on. But man, oh. when, I can't imagine what my daughter and her husband are going to go through when both of them are walking and running at the same time. But it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It's crazy.
2: Oh. I, I got go a little back. Charlie, too. Somewhere yeah. up there. Do you? And Charlie. Yeah, I got five, grand, five granddaughters.
3: Uh, man, hey, this... Charles, I
0: want, I want to go back to your, the to your, clo- your clothing. Uh, you just said you had all black wardrobe. If I recall right, I want to say maybe two <laughs> Christmases ago. <laughs> i'm scared where this is going no well, you know where it's going a couple of christmases ago we decide to have a gathering for christmas dinner we go to morton's so we're all dressed up it's, it's christmas time what can brown do for you chuck he comes walking in the door he's got brown slacks a brown mock turtleneck he's brown head to toe and it's not like the dark brown. It's like poopy brown.
3: <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you wearing, Chuck? No. You don't like my outfit? No. That's not what you call me. You call me and says, hey, Doug Heffernan.
0: <laughs> I said, what can, what can Brown do for you? You look like goddamn Doug Heffernan from, from, from the TV show. I go, did you just get done working at UPS Christmas show? Oh, Say. So- I- so a couple days later, we're flying to Vegas, and Brennan and I printed out all these <laughs> Doug Heffernan pictures. He falls asleep on the plane. We put it on his chest. We're taking pictures. We send it to all our friends. Chuckie got a side job at UPS. <laughs> Had to see, pay the Christmas
3: bills. Hey, hey man, I, I have I laugh about that even to this day. Anytime I see every, every time a UPS guy come to my house, I just start laughing. I'm like, Oh Lord, what can what can Brown do for you? I was like, Hey man, call him Doug. Myself. Oh hey, take so every, every time he's like, Hey Doug Heffernan, I'm like, Man, stop it.
0: And then and then we go then we go back to to his house. He's always got a New Year's Eve party. We're at his house and like oh. we're doing like gift exchange. What what can you get someone like Charles? Like, what are you gonna get him that he doesn't already have? Right? Box of balls, he's got fifty of them. I'm like, okay. I'm gonna get him a crossword puzzle. Jump <laughs> <up> to his dolls. <laughs> he he gives me a nice, to, tells tells me nice Yeah, he gives me a nice gift, like some kind of Yeti cooler, right? I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Wow. I give him a crossword puzzle. He goes, what the hell is this? <laughs> I go, that's for you to bring next time we golf when you're sitting in your cart for all the holes you don't
3: finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good line, buddy. Uh, oh, good. Hey, I was like, dude, why are you giving me a crossword puzzle? He says, on all those holes you pick up, you can have something to do in the cart. I says, well played well
2: played that, that, that's
3: a good one Diner, that, that, that might be your best oh that's oh. Well, hey you know what all you can hey bang, all you can do is laugh well played that's right and yeah. right. wait to, well, see, that's and wait to you see this
0: year's wait to see this year's christmas gift it's even going to be better
2: oh boy that is great oh my <laughs> oh goodness. it's coming maybe an amazon maybe he's going to be an, uh, an amazon driver instead of a ups driver
3: it's going to yeah. be a little something for his collection at home Well, I appreciate it, brother. Hey, you know what's funny, man? Remember we call your coach and you had him brainwashed and he was lying talking about how great you were in hockey? Hey,
0: Fredonia Uh hockey right here, baby. (laughs) We get done golfing one day. Me, him, talk, a couple other guys. We're sitting in uh, our buddy's garage after golf and we're having a couple cocktails. And he goes, let's call your coach. I got to find out if you even played hockey at college. (laughs) So we call him, we FaceTime him, We're talking. He hangs up. He goes, "How do I even know if that was your coach or your uncle?"
2: Shout out to coach.
0: It was Coach Meredith. Shout out to Coach Meredith. Thanks for backing me up. Hey, shout out to our Very boy Tockett,
3: man. How about oh, that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Get out to, shout do. out to Talk. Hey, I got. We got to get. We got to get up to Vancouver, man. That's one of my favorite cities in the world.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, you, you know to, Last week,
3: were you? You know, Toronto is my favorite city in the world, but Vancouver is probably, uh, you know, I think uh, Barcelona, Spain is number two. Uh, th- those are my two favorite places in the world. But man, I love Vancouver. That place, we hated hate when they moved that team out of Vancouver. That was a really, really great place to go play basketball. Call- yeah. How come that didn't work there? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know the answer, to be honest with you. Uh, we thought it worked there. We thought it worked there. But, you know, the NBA got some big decisions coming up because I know they want to put a team in Vegas, but they really need a team in Seattle because Seattle's a yeah. team that got screws. Yeah. Seattle's yeah. one of my – man, Those are some of the best fans in the world. I mean, uh, they're some of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got a text from Hollywood Henderson. Uh he says, and I, it, it came on my screen, It says, I've lost 42 pounds in four months. Because he called me, he saw me talking about weight loss. Shout out to Hollywood Henderson, one of the really good dudes I've known. And he says, yo, man, I need your help. I said, what you need? He says, tell me about Manjaro. I said, yo, man, uh, I can only tell you about me. You know, a lot of people do Ozempic. Some people do this other drug called with COVID. But my doctor, she liked... Manjaro, and he just is so cool. He's lost forty-two pounds in four months. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. That good is really him. flat That's out. Awesome. It is good from Maybe here. All-time greats. Yeah. Yes, and one all-time good dudes too. You one, know, one he, guy
2: that won't need I mean, any of that is that Rick Talkett. He's always in good shape.
3: Oh. Huh? Yeah, he almost got punched in the face one night. Um, I almost killed him one night. So <laughs> so, Panger. One night we're in Vegas with Todd. Oh. <laughs> and. I'm up. I'm up about probably about five six hundred thousand dollars, Craig. And it was a good night. Yeah, it was a great night. It was a great two nights. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, let's don't gamble anymore. Let's uh, just go to dinner. Chuck got the red eye. <laughs> so we go to dinner about six. We finished dinner around seven thirty eight. We got like three hours to blow before I got to head to the airport. Talk like we gotta gamble. I'm like, okay, I'll gamble a little bit. I'm, I'm up for the I'm up for the trip. <laughs> <Lost> last words. <laughs> lost all lost all my damn money, Panger, and no. lost my credit line on top of that. In like three to four hours, I'll never forgive. I'll never forgive Talk for that. I was like one minute. I was like. Your boy, me and, me and now they're like, boy, this has been a great trip. You kicked ass these two days. And then I made the mistake of listening to it. Lost all my profit, then lost the, another big buck, big number on my credit I had. I was like... Oh, Listen, no. so, yeah, but that's talks my like, guy, though. T- talk's
0: like, hey, hey, Chucky, I'm I'm in the hole, man. Just sit down with me and try and get me out at the back rat table. <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> we, right. Every time we go back to Vegas now, <laughs> Charles goes to the back rat table and he does a video and he sends it to talk. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey,
3: remember this? Remember this place where all hell broke loose? You know. You know, what a good dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a good dude! He's, oh, he's such one a good. He's one of the best ever. You know what, Panger? I'll admit this to the hockey players. Man, they're some of the really good dudes. Uh, you know, Pierre Larouche. Who I've gotten to Mario Lemieux. Those guys, obviously, Lucky. Gress, Tockett, uh, yourself, Craig. You know, uh, you know, just being around. Because when I I didn't know a lot about hockey. I'm not gonna lie, but. My two favorite athletes in Philadelphia were Ron Hextall and Brian Dawkins. I actually got a signed jersey from both of those guys. I didn't know a lot, because obviously in Alabama, we don't have a lot of hockey. We had the Birmingham Bulls, but yeah. they were in Birmingham, and I'm from a small town in Lee, so I, didn't, I went to maybe one game. But when I got to Philadelphia in 1984-85, and I started meeting these hockey players, and I was like, Cause, they, we, we were always sharing the gym together, the, the arena, yep. and I'd bump into all these hockey players. And they were really cool dudes. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna stay for the hockey game, or you know, and uh, we had a great time. And then now, I, I love it. But one of my good friends to this day is John Cooper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but man, I just the hockey players, man. They're some of the best dudes you ever gonna meet. And you on that list, Panger? <laughs> oh,
2: that is so that is incredibly sweet of you you've always been incredibly great to me ever since i was the broadcaster when gretzky became the coach in arizona and i'd be doing a post-game hit and kt you could appreciate this i'm doing a post-game hit on between the benches and i'm getting a text from gretz and he's like where are you and i'm like just finishing up the interview let's go we got his his coach's room was kind of the green room wasn't it chuck Yeah. And, and after games like as soon as the game ended, there's Chuck in there. I remember one night, John McEnroe, Alice Cooper, uh, oh, wow. baseball players, nice. you you name it. But every yep. time Chuck's there, Gretz would be like, and you know who else would go? As Freddie Couples would be there a little bit as well, and he yep. flew with us a couple of times. Yep. Yeah. But Gretz was so excited about getting me there. Hey, you're you got to meet Chuck. You got to meet John McEnroe, and and th- that that's the first time really Chuck that I met you. And then we went to the golf tournaments in Collingwood, the Wayne Gretzky uh, Ford tournaments that was so great so you've always been so kind to us hockey guys and we really all appreciate it i know i'll
3: never forgive gress for not doing that golf tournament that was that that, was so much fun it wasn't awesome in that little area in collingswood with around the little lake and all the bars like that was so that that was it wasn't tahoe because it didn't have gambling but man that was the second thing i put on my schedule oh i gotta tell you a funny story about that so, Gress picked me up in a private jet one time and he says, Hey, can another couple ride with you? I'm like, Yeah, no problem. It's, it's easy going. So, really nice couple, too. So, we fly up to Collingswood, Toronto, wherever, wherever we flew into. Yep. You know, Maybe you go. Collingwood. Yeah. So, the guy, the custom guy comes on the plane. We give him our passport. We get in and out. So I'm flying home like three days later. I get to Philadelphia and the guy says, Chuck, I know you are, but you're not a 52 year old white woman. And I'm like, what? He's like, this is a 52 year old white woman's passport. I said, Oh shit. (laughs) So I called Gress. I said, "Gress, that lady ain't gonna be able to get back in the country." And he says, "He says she don't even know because you know we just grabbed our. They just handed us our passport. We didn't look at it till we. And the lady had to stay up there like an extra two days because I try. I, I I couldn't. I had to in like two day air. We were laughing our ass oh off about that because <laughs> when I handed the guy to the custom things. In 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 in, in Philadelphia, he looks at me like, "Uh, "Chuck, we have a problem." I said, "What problem?" He says, "You're not a 52 year old white woman." I said, "Oh shit!" But I said, "I I, I said yo man, I said I got to find a way to get this lady back her passport." But she ended up having to stay up there a couple extra days, man. It was hilarious. Thank God it was Philadelphia. They knew who I was.
1: They let you back in without yep. a passport. I, that's, awesome. I,
3: that's awesome. That's it, awesome. It was so crazy. But, man, that tournament was so much fun. I wish he would do it again. You, uh, you know
2: who we had as a guest? One of our uh, – on, here on uh, Back to You was Colt Nost. And he and Brett Hull won the very first one.
3: Well, you know the bad thing about that, Panger? That was the first time that I met Colt. And you know how sometimes – and I knew who he was – and you know how when you give people your number, and you hope they don't call you. <laughs> Not only did he call me, he asked to move to Arizona to my neighborhood. I can't get rid of that little man. <laughs> I was like, you know, I knew who he was. He was a heck of a heck of a player. I, I said, yo, if, you, if I could ever do anything for you, here's my number. Next thing I know, he's calling me all the time. Then like two years later, he's like, hey, I moved. I'm like, where? <laughs> right up the street from you. I'm like, oh hell no! <laughs> this this dude is one of the oh, funniest. It, what a he good is. dude! One of the funniest yeah. people. We... And I love texting him when he's working. I says, yo man, I was looking at you on TV. You about three pounds from being a circle. Um, <laughs> I, I I love giving him a hard time. I says. <laughs> You know, I said, yo, man, he getting ready to start having kids. I says, man, you please marry a tall woman because if if the kids are your height, they're going to be like little munchkins, little Oompa Loompas. I said, marry a tall woman. Please marry a tall woman. They got a chance of being the 50-50 tall kid. Oh,
2: God. (laughs) Got to marry someone tall like like KT. Hey, that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's, 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 the, that's you what go? he needed. Exactly.
1: That's what you
2: did. Hey,
3: Wanger,
1: uh, you took that memo. Lynn is, right. took high that, high. Yeah.
3: Yep. Exactly. Right. Me. Hey, <laughs> <got> hey, Craig, <laughs> you got to quit avoid me. Cause I really want all the smoke because I've gotten better and you won't play me now that I've gotten better. Chuck.
0: I have to say, during COVID, you funded me that whole year. So thank you very much. So I'm playing with house money. Yeah, I, I, you, you know I, what he would do playing in KT? He'd crumple up the money and throw it on the ground. He couldn't even be man enough to hand it to me. I'd have to pick it up off the ground.
3: Yeah, I'll I admit, admit that. I'll admit that. Every time you beat me, I crumple the money up and throw it on the ground. But I know you notice I know one thing about it. You wasn't picked that it up awful you, fast. That's exactly right. <laughs> you wasn't mad not to pick it up. Hey, so tell them what the bet is
0: that we agreed upon last week. What's the new bet? Wait, which one is it?
3: The over-under. Oh, how many matches we got? Ten. We got ten. I'm going to win more than I lose. No. Four?
0: He it's said five, four. But... He said four. He goes, I'll win four of the ten.
3: Okay. That's the yeah, over-under
0: is it. three and a half.
3: How many shots you giving me? You said we're playing even. You're going to go from five shots aside
0: side no, to nothing? You you told me I Are shot a 79. I, I don't need any more strokes from you is exactly so what you said to me. You're going to go from five strokes to nothing? Oh, we went to three side, and then it started getting pretty even. So okay.
3: now we're at zero side. Okay, you know what? I don't need shots from you. I don't need shots <laughs> Oh, here's the deal. Perfect. Right we got it right here. Perfect. Okay. I don't need your shots.
0: Now that we agreed upon that, so you set the bar at over under three and a half. You said you were going to win over yes, three and a half.
3: Yes,
2: yes. Match what play. You know that you can post your scores on the Gin app, right? And then you officially You don't know, how, you know
0: he don't cap even use one. Gap is. He don't use he one.
3: He doesn't. Panger, he doesn't. I'm, doesn't? I'm I'm technology challenge Panger. He doesn't, oh. he, doesn't, he doesn't. I don't I don't I don't do any social media uh, at all. I've never done any social media. I don't really do I, I don't do a lot of apps unless they gambling related. I'm not going to lie. Yep. But I am technology challenged. See, I, I, I got to make it hard for people to reach me because I'm sick of people asking me for damn money. <laughs> so the, lead, the least amount of contact I can have with relatives and friends is better for me financially.
1: <laughs> yes. Hey. I, you're my idol <laughs> in that regard. I mean, no, literally, no technology. It's amazing. Well, like,
3: well no played.
1: Yeah. I don't even I, I know you have an email address. You probably don't look at it very often.
3: <laughs> I do not. <laughs> yeah. I do not. Because if anybody needs me important, they would call my the girl who runs my life, her name is Christy, who pays all my bills. If somebody's calling me or emailing me, they're one of my loser friends, and it's not important. <laughs> so if it's important, they would call Christy. But my loser friends. They can reach me if they have to, but it's never anything important. <laughs> no. Yes. My, oh. my,
0: anytime I text them, I'll, I'll I'll hear right back from them if it's golf or gambling. Check. Or, or to watch football. Yes. Then we we'll go do that together. Other yeah, than I, that, don't don't even text them.
3: Oh man, the Deep fried turkeys. Yes, the Packers were huge for me last night. Did you have a pack? Amen. Amen. I was on them. Yeah. Thanks to you, I was on them. Yeah, the Packers were huge for me. that. we to, should
2: be riding this gambling wagon
3: that they've I know. On. No,
1: thank you. No, thank you.
3: Hey, hey. I know
1: I would not be a good gambler because I am way too emotional.
3: Well, you know, Kat, when I, every, every time my financial people yell at me, they're like, dude, gambling is a losing-losing proposition. I says, no, it's not. Gambling is 50-50. you either going to win or you're going to lose. That's 50-50. I mean, Take my chances.
2: <laughs> hey. And I I just bet on the coin cost then. That 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 would be would be the easiest thing then. That's fifty-fifty. It's heads or tails. And then you don't have to bet on anything else anymore.
3: You know, it's frustrating because every time I lose a large sum of money, they yell at me for like 10-15 minutes. <laughs> and then I just take it. And and then I says, Y'all better shut the hell up before y'all get fired. <laughs> I said, I let let them vent. They're like, Chuck, you lost this much money, this much money. So I said, I let them do their job. They're yelling at me, telling me how stupid I am for gambling, blah, blah, blah. And then I says, y'all actually know y'all work for me, right? (laughs) Okay. So they're like, yeah, but we need you to know when you lose money, it's stupid. I says, I got your point. (laughs) I got your point, but I'm going to keep gambling. There's nothing going to stop me. I love to gamble. I mean, I feel bad for these football players. They're going out there killing themselves. They're amazing. Their football is my favorite sport. I have an obligation to bet on them. They're going to go out there. If if they're going to go out there and risk their bodies, I have a moral obligation (laughs) not to let them go out there and play just for fun. I'm looking out for those guys. Hey,
0: one thing I will say about gambling with
2: Charles. I
3: like your commitment. Yeah. Thank you.
0: First of all, I I feel very honored and and generous when you let Brennan and I come in with our chump change and play at your table. But I will say this win or lose, it doesn't matter. Charles is the most generous, nicest guy Mm. to the dealers, the waitresses, always tipping. Whether we're at a restaurant or bar, he's buying drinks, and I don't care can you imagine if you if you have a a losing night, how sick your stomach is it doesn't It doesn't change who he is, so I do want to give you kudos because you are one of the most nicest, generous guys win or lose to anybody that's around you.
3: Well, I appreciate the kind words uh it's only because I'm rich, Craig, uh, that I can <laughs> afford to tip everybody and lose money at the same time. <laughs>
2: And, and also, uh, Chuck, I'm not sure what school Niner went to, but most nicest is probably not something he learned in school. In that's, right
0: that's Canadian. Uh,
3: well, uh, you that's bilingual, you bilingual all of a sudden, huh?
0: Yeah, I've got that
3: yeah, in my... Yeah, one, hey, 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 won't you learn English first before you try to be bilingual? <laughs> hey. Charles
0: Charles will lose ten hands in a row. The dealer gives him blackjack, and he thinks he can tip him after that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you have to always tip the dealers man they uh, they have to split that money with everybody yeah hey hey listen man it's it's fun i love vegas i'm actually um you know i mean i got to work the next two nights in this in-season tournament and then uh got to work the semifinals in vegas um next week no no thursday
0: yeah I'll, I'll, i'll be on the plane remember
3: no, he doesn't remember. Uh, he doesn't uh, want to remember. You, uh, hey, hey, He just shows up, KT. He's yeah. just going
0: to show up. Well, I have got go to go I have to go to Vegas next week, so I might as well go with you. He this know. week,
3: fool. Uh, I'm going this week, too. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, 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 the semifinal, how about this? I got to go to Vegas for one day Thursday to work the second game of a double hitter because ESPN got the first game. We got the second game. That is unbelievable. Yeah. It is. And ESPN gets the finals on Saturday. So, I was like – we got to fly all the way to Vegas for one day. Uh, and I was like, well, what hey. What time man. does the
0: plane leave Thursday?
3: <laughs> uh, well, I'm flying commercial, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Cause, oh, cause, uh, cool.
2: a disappointment. Okay, you can be okay, Craig. Niners crying.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: now I got to use my Southwest Craig, drink coupon.
3: Hey, listen. You know, you know Southwest is great. Uh, I flew Southwest many times. It's only like an hour flight. You know, uh, you know, Southwest Airline, they got 50,000 employees. Good thing about it, they only put 3,000 on every flight, so you could, they <laughs> squeeze you in there. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know what's so funny? I have no problem with Southwest. I like Southwest, because you can see the whole country for $99, because <laughs> you start in Phoenix, and they stop like eight times till you get to your destination. So for like a hundred dollars, you can see the entire country for $99. And since you don't, and, see, listen, and since you don't change planes, they call it nonstop. That's right. I was like, Southwest, they, they used to be the number one sponsor of our show on TNT. And I used to make fun of them because they, they, they were fine. They were great. But they had a flight from Phoenix to Alabama. And I was like, oh, that's great. I don't have a bunch of nonstops because even if you fly the big airlines, you have to go through Atlanta. But I was like, "That's great, I can fly right to Birmingham from Phoenix." What I didn't know, they were going to stop like seventeen times, <laughs> and I was like, "This is crazy." But I got to see the whole country out the window: Omaha, Nebraska; uh, you know, good ride. <laughs> Oh, I know Chicago, Illinois; Dallas, oh, Love man. Field shreveport louisiana charlotte north carolina columbia south carolina nashville tennessee and finally birmingham alabama i'm home mom i left two days ago but i'm finally in birmingham man i hope uh, you brought
2: your clubs on that trip there's a lot of good places
3: to play i'm not trusting oh, my clubs on southwest brother stop it yeah, that's a good point i'm that's not trusting. Point, buddy
0: charles i i before we let you go um I know you've been working on some great projects. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your liquor company and what you've got going on with that.
3: Yeah, uh, it's been awesome. Uh, I, I wanted, I, I've been looking for businesses to invest in Birmingham. So I bought a vodka and gin distillery about four years ago, and um, it's been going well. We're up to about 20 states now. Really looking forward to the future. Just had a really nice opening at the Atlanta Hawks Arena. Uh, got a Redmont bar there. Uh, the the, the vodka is called Redmont. The gin is called Vulcan. I'm just trying to, you know, Alabama means a great deal to me. And, uh, man, I, 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 I always look for, like, Arizona, uh, Philadelphia, and Alabama. If I get an opportunity to invest in it, those are my three favorite. Uh, that's where I spent my entire career, my entire life. So, if there's ever any investment opportunities in those areas, but Alabama is always going to be special to me uh, because that's where I grew up. I don't get there as much as I used to because, mo- you know, unfortunately, most of my family's passed away. Um, my mom, my dad, my grandmother, and two of my brothers have passed away. So, I got one brother still in my little hometown of Lee. So, I get there probably once a month. I got four nieces there. But you know, owning a business in Alabama was a really cool thing for me, and it's going well. You know, and, uh, I just hope me and my friends don't drink up all the profit. That's my only goal. Well, I, <laughs> you know,
1: I, I would like to know if I move to Alabama, can I be part of the investment opportunity?
3: <laughs> hey, cat, you know how much you know how cool I think you are. You you don't have to have to worry about any vodka gin for the rest of your life. You're good. <laughs> You just tell. You just tell. You just tell me where to send it. Okay. Uh, I'll send Niner. I'll send the bill to you. Uh,
1: exactly.
3: <laughs> I got to pick the money up off the ground before I pay the bill though. Uh, you never had a problem picking it up. You grab it quickly. That's, so, awesome.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we know you are a busy so man. See, we so hey, appreciate Chuck, your the, time. The red mod,
2: is that. So, sorry, Niner. Is the Redmont the vodka and the Vulcan is the is it gin?
3: Yes, Panger. You, you have, okay. hey okay, Panger. You're part of the club too. Any vodka gin you want, you let me know where to send it. You grandfather in you and KT Craig, you go to Fry's and get it. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> Chuck, thank you for that, and thank uh, unbelievable that you've taken this time on a game day as well. None of us are surprised with the kind of person you are, and we, uh, we greatly appreciate it. We're We're getting this podcast back to you, um, you know, off the ground and running, and we're, we're really thankful that you, you had took the time to join us, man. We really well, appreciate yeah. it.
3: L- let me say this. I give Craig a hard time, but you three people are so awesome and special. You know, I would do anything for either one of you two and Craig. Uh, I know I give him a hard time, uh, but you guys are awesome. Glad to be a part of it. And if we, if we want to do it again in the future, just let me know.
1: Thank you. We love you and your support and your generosity and everything. You're a great friend to all of us and uh, an amazing human. And I'm a huge fan of the new show, too. I love King Charles. Me, too.
3: All right. And thank you. I appreciate Charles, it. I believe, so hey, Charles, let, let, me know, let me know what send the and Jen. Y'all got it. You got it. You got all right. it. Hey, make, you sure you know. tell your, make sure you tell your mom and sister I said hello.
1: I will absolutely do that. They'll love to all right. say that. All right. Okay. Bye-bye.
3: Thanks thanks Chucky. See you buddy. For sure.
1: You guys, I mean, he's just one of the greatest <laughs> humans ever. And Panger, to go back to what you said when we first brought brought into the podcast and we were just bantering a little bit before we got to his interview. Um the way you described him as just, you know, he, he, this energy. I mean, he is a unique human being. You know, what he brings to life to people around him, to the entertainment business, to the basketball court all those years he played. Um, there's no one like him. He really, truly is a unique individual.
2: Very much so. I mean, um, I, I go back to the years of Wayne Gretzky having a nationwide event in Collingwood, Ontario and sitting around it was it's a Weston right there and and obviously Collingwood Ontario is a very small place when when somebody like like Charles Barkley is there and we have so many NHL players that are there but when Charles Barkley walks into a room I mean everybody just can't wait to listen to him and he and he gives people whether whether it be a former athlete or a current athlete or a coach or whatever or he he treats that person the same way he would treat you know uh, Mrs. Jones sitting there at the end of the bar, or, or Mr. Smith over over there like I I just have great admiration for, for that part of, of him. And, and, you know, in this day in social media where there can be so much trouble to be found, you know, he just puts a smile on his face, puts his arm around you, takes a picture, does a video for you or, or what have you. And, and he just, I mean, he's uh, just, just a, I don't know, he's he's great for all of us to, to be around and to get re-energized with because he gets asked more than any of us get asked to do things. And yet there he is answering the bell every single time. So I clearly would say that it's an honor to be around him. It was last year in the Stanley Cup final, when he joined us, when we were in Florida the whole time, he was with us a lot going back and forth to the rink. And he was just, I mean, it was one story after another and it was one, well, it was one cocktail after another later on,
1: And
2: (laughs) not even funnier as we all know. We've all been around it and it's uh, there's nothing dangerous about it. He's just a good man with a lot of spirit.
1: Yeah. 100%
0: and and like you said panger just now every time i'm around charles it it involves cocktails cigars gambling and golf and (laughs) you know and he even made a comment on the show like for him to go to the golf course it's like his paradise he gets to get away from everything well it's the same thing for us the everyday grind the monotony and have a cigar and have a cigar and a nice glass of red a redmont vodka whatever it may be but being on the golf course is just That time to just recharge the battery, laugh, have a good time, let everything go, get rid of all the drama and stress of your life. And that guy definitely knows how to do
2: it first class. I'll tell you that. He does. Yeah, he sure does.
1: He's the best. We love him. And we're super grateful and appreciative that he joined us on this latest edition of Back to You. We hope you all watching and listening at home enjoyed it as well. And we hope you'll tune in next time to Back to You. Don't forget, you can follow us on all of our social media channels and YouTube at Back to You Show. And that's two, the number two. Uh, We hope you'll tune in. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time.